Today on CityCast Las Vegas, we have a fun Friday news roundup for y'all. I'm here with my co-host David Figler and Nevada Current reporter April Corbin Gurness, and they're going to talk with me about illegal towing, neon sign laws that are very Vegas, and a chauffeur service that nobody asked for. It's Friday, April 28th. I'm Vogue Robinson, and here's what Las Vegas is talking about. Good morning, April. Good morning, David. How are y'all? Good. Thanks for having me back. Howdy, partners. Glad to have you both this wonderful morning. So let's talk about uh, the hot mess that is companies illegally towing vehicles, despite an actual law that says, nah, don't do it. April, bring it in. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, essentially in 2021, Nevada lawmakers made it illegal for towing companies to tow a vehicle out of an apartment complex or like an HOA solely because it has unregistered license plates. Ah. So if you're like parked in your neighbors or if you're like parked in in front of a fire hydrant, you can get towed. That's fine. But you're not supposed to tow strictly because the person does not have uh, up-to-date license plates. So that bill in 2021 was sparked by reports from groups like the ACLU of Nevada, who was saying that these sort of toes uh, had increased, uh, particularly in low-income communities. And at that time, it was like particularly egregious, one, because a lot of people were financially struggling, so it's just kind of messed up to profit off of that, right? And two, because a lot of the cars that were being towed in 2020 specifically were registered, they just hadn't received their sticker from the DMV, which was, of course, experiencing like logistical challenges because it was like shutdowns and stuff. Right. But fast forward to today and surprise, it's still happening, they say. <laughs> and tow companies are still skirting the rules, towing people uh, illegally and then um, charging them fees that they're not supposed to and justifying it. Mm-hmm. C.H. Miller, the assemblyman who sort of represents a part of like East Las Vegas area, uh, you know, went to a towing company, a tow yard with a constituent as he tried to get his car out. And he saw that constituent get charged with a impound fee when mm-hmm. it was clearly a storage fee, which is what the 2021 outlawed. Um, and so Miller has introduced this bill, Assembly Bill 303, to clean up that language and make it sort of crystal clear that you are not allowed to tow uh, strictly out of registration plates and to sort of make it crystal clear that you cannot charge anything, like any kind of fee, because it was an illegal tow. So, David, I mean, does Vegas have a history of unfair towing? Let's just say this, folks. It is a big money business for the towing companies. Mm -hmm. It is typically a cash business. It is typically a business where there is a lot of leverage from the towing company over the individual who needs to pay up now to get their vehicle back or the fees will continue to grow. Also, not a lot of policing. Also, a relationship between the police and the tow companies that always seemed a little out there and outrageous. And again, a cash business that some have um, compared to extortion. But yeah, that's that's my assessment of the history. Oof. I mean, I know that those fees get really high. And so, I mean, does this cleanup bill address the Nevada Transportation Authority's approval of the fees charged by the towing companies? Because that's what trips me out is like, OK, look, 
you came and took my car and now you're charging me for taking it and you're charging me for every single day that y'all have my vehicle. If you don't want to keep it on your property, bro, bring it back. Like, give it back to me. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't put my car on your property. You took it. You took my car. Give it back. That's how I feel about it. But yeah, what's going on? This bill is sort of limited in its scope uh, and, and it does not address the fees overall, uh, which, you know, all of tow company fees are supposed to be, you know, regulated by the, that you know, that authority. Uh, but, but this bill is specifically limited to towing cars in residential neighborhoods. The idea being that they really wanted to focus on something that was sort of really defensible to a lot of people, which is that if my car is sitting in my parking space at my home, that's fine. So uh, so this is a very limited scope, I think, so that they can avoid the um, weirdly powerful hold that the towing companies seem to have on <laughs> in the world of Las Vegas specifically. But um, yeah, so it's pretty limited, but also, uh, you know, very important for people who may be falling on hard times. And if you can't pay, say, $200 registration fee at your DMV, you're probably also going to struggle to pay $300 to get your car out. <sighs> it's really expensive to be poor and that we should help people um, and not sort of be predatory. Uh, and one really amazing thing that, or a good interaction, I'll say that happened during the legislative hearing was that, because there's a hardship tariff that they included in part of this, so that like, if you are a really low income person, um, you can have those fees reduced by about 30%. So the huh. towing association comes up and says in opposition to the bill, if you lower the fees by 30%, that takes away our profit margin, to which C.H. Miller came back in his closing statement and said, you just proved my point, that towing companies are seeking out low income people and they know that's their audience for these people and you know for their toes so it's it's a fascinating topic well and i'm wondering how forthright these towing companies are with the lower income folks who get their cars towed that they have this option so if they don't know about it i can't imagine that if somebody walks up there and says man i am broke ass poor i am emptying my bank account right now because you're holding my car hostage uh and i'm you know uh, I, I work at Burger King or I'm a school teacher, which are both very low income jobs in our community. Um, and do, does, the, does the benevolent towing company that snatched that car in the first place go, oh, hey, we have this 30 percent discount program? I highly doubt it. And the other thing is, I feel like it isn't necessarily the towing, like the towing companies don't call themselves. Someone else is making those phone calls. So, you know, I know often it's HOAs or, you know, nosy neighbors, or maybe it's the police calling. And so is that really like a loophole in the 2021 law or, or are the HOA people <laughs> and the officers allowed to call a towing company? Yeah, there are rules. Um, that are associated with it where like you, I think that the apartment complexes and HOAs have to give notice. So you're supposed to go to the resident whose car it is and say, hey, you have 48 hours to take care of this or we will tow it. There's also the property manager or the HOA manager or whoever, they're supposed to sign off on whoever is being towed. It's not supposed to be happening willy nilly. Uh, towing companies are not supposed to be like trolling apartment complexes. Um, looking for unregistered cars just to tow. Whether or not that's really happening, uh, I think you'll hear various stories, but that's not supposed to be happening. Have y'all ever had or heard of a really bad towing experience in Vegas? I actually have a friend whose car got towed from first Friday in April. 
uh, had parked in that same spot by his account hundreds of times over the years, uh, didn't realize that there was a change of status apparently of that particular spot, was only gone from his car for a short period of time, came back, car gone, freaked out. An hour and a half later, he got his car back, uh, $315 poorer, and uh, not too happy about it. I think he was very fearful of telling his wife about that. That happens all the time. I, I've had a personal bad experience with it. Uh, police came out because I was contesting. Uh, we sort of sorted it out, but not without a little bit of drama. But I looked it up afterwards, and I'm just like, where are my appellate rights? Where are my due process rights? You know? Uh, they do not particularly exist. I think that the towing company practices in our community definitely deserve a little bit more regulation. Uh, and I don't know that that'll ever happen because they are a fairly powerful lobbying entity, as we can see with a pushback even on these modest reforms. And yeah, one of my colleagues actually, after I wrote this story, uh, told me that, you know, a, a few years ago, she isn't, she had an ailing mother who was sort of living her, on her own in an apartment complex, but was sort of on the decline and stopped being able to drive. She, she her car sat in the apartment complex for a while and the registration lapsed because nobody was driving the car and they were trying to figure out like, what are the next steps for this, you know, elderly woman? And they got threatened by the apartment complex, like, oh, your car is unregistered. We are going to tow you unless you fix this immediately. And, you know, in her case, they warned her. So she was easily able to like, like rectify that situation either by registering it or moving it to her house that wouldn't notice or put it wherever. Um, but I think it just sort of illustrates the point that not having your car registered does not make you a criminal or does not mean that you're doing anything particularly illegal or bad. It could just be that you're trying to figure out whether or not you even need this car. Yeah, sometimes you don't even realize it. I got pulled over the other day in my neighborhood. Like I was on like a very like high, like I had just gotten paid. Like I was like, he pulled me over and was like, do you know why I pulled you over? I was like, no, like I've, I'd be paying these bills. Like don't blame me. I was like, I have no idea why you pulled me over, sir. It's like, uh, your registration expired in September. I was like, oh, had no clue. I've been dipping for like six months. So it was on my birthday, actually. I was like, sir, I had no clue. Like there's money in my account now. I'll happily go and get this thing registered. And luckily now there's the cute little kiosks. And Vegas, you have to smog your car before you can get it registered. So it's like, look, every year, you know, $200, give or take, you're going to need to pay plus the, the smog and figuring out when and where you can go to the uh, DMV, all those things combined, you know, is a bit of a hassle. But like, luckily, I didn't get a ticket that day. But he definitely looked at me and was like, ma'am, this is my beat. <laughs> like, you're in my zone. Oh, I see where you live. I was like, sir, are you threatening me? <laughs> he was like, I know where you stay. If I see your car again without a sticker. And also, just to be clear with the lawyer thing, while there is no appeal and you are being held hostage and all that stuff, you could go, if you think you were wrongfully towed, you have to go file a lawsuit, you have to go in the court. If your car is in hock, I mean, even though it's an expedited hearing, you got to prove that they wrongfully towed you and all that. And at the end of the day, you just get your money back in your car. Mm -hmm. it's, it, it is definitely not a... Uh, a friendly process. So try to just park where you know you can park and not where there's a question mark. Check for the signs. Hey, it's David Figler, and one of my favorite food festivals is coming back to town. It's Vegas Unstripped over at the Palms Hotel on Saturday, May 18th. 
over two dozen chefs from some of Las Vegas's most talked about restaurants creating original, unique menu items they've never made before. Chef creativity at its best. We're talking chefs from Partage, Esther's Kitchen, Milpa, Edio, and more, including this year's James Beard Award finalist Steve Kessler from Aroma. Tickets are $150 and are all-inclusive of food and drink, so you don't have to pay for anything once you're inside. No hidden up charges. I went last year, and it was so crowded in the best possible way. We got one remarkable dish after another, and while it was a little indulgent, here's the best part. The net proceeds go to local charities. So head on over to VegasUnstripped.com to get your tickets now. We'll see you there. signs let's talk about the iconic vegas vic sign because apparently it was not lit up this poor beautiful neon sign was not lit it was looking dull and people in the city uh were upset david talk to me about the vegas vic sign and the las vegas city codes that it actually violated all right so we've got this iconic figure it is by all accounts a neon sign although it doesn't really advertise anything anymore. It's the one people are probably familiar with, the the old cowboy. Uh, it's been floating around Las Vegas and promoting Las Vegas, saying, howdy, partner, partner, I think, which was P-O-D-N-E-R on purpose. They did that because, you know, quaint. God bless. In one form or another, uh, going back to the 1940s, okay, uh, the sign that people are familiar with uh, that is basically a guy with a cowboy hat. There's a cigarette coming out of his mouth. Uh, he's got his little thumb pointing to himself. Uh, has been up in one form or another since 1951 uh, on Fremont Street. And he has not had a great life uh, as a 70-year-old uh, cowboy. He's gone <laughs> through a lot of problems. Uh, he used to talk. He don't talk no more. He used to say, howdy, partner. Uh, he used to smoke. He don't smoke no more. He used to move his arm. Uh, he used to have a taller hat. They cut that one down. And he used to be lit all the time. And apparently some people complained to the city saying that this is in violation of the municipal downtown casino overlay sign standards code. I looked at that code. It's interesting. So what what's the code in normal people speak? <laughs> what's the code say? In normal people speak, if the code actually applies to signs like Vegas Vic on the Fremont Street pedestrian mall area, the basic rule, Vogue, of the unified development code for the city of Las Vegas and the downtown overlay signage is that all signs must be fully illuminated from at least one hour before dusk until one hour after dawn. And this sign is it's a hard-working sign. broken down, and it hasn't been lit for a long time. It's owned by some out-of-state folk, and some people complained. I'm not sure who, but the city said, we have issued them a citation, and that's the last word on it. I love that threats were issued. Y'all better turn that light back on. <laughs> you better keep that light blaring. It's the opposite of, of parents at home that have bills. It's like, turn the lights off. No, turn it back on. I mean, like, does the strip also have any municipal codes about the signs? Like, does do they have to have neon neon signs as well? Yeah, Las Vegas Boulevard has similar uh, signage standards as part of their historic byway. 
uh, that their signs need to be lit as well. Hmm. April, I mean, this feels like one of those only in Vegas things. I watched you just shake your head just now. (laughs) Do you think it will affect our city's reputation if some of our neon signs were to stay dark? You know, I don't know if this is going to be a hot take, but like, I kind of think it does matter. Ah. Like, I get it. Like, I get it. Let's think about downtown Las Vegas. Like, there are reasons enough that people are going to go into downtown Las Vegas and be like, this place is trashy and classless and falling apart, which I don't agree with, but you'll see that. You know what I mean? People will have a problem with drunk people and the buskers and, you know, trash and also whatever, whatever reasons. <laughs> the busted um, up buskers and the busted up signs. Exactly. Like, having the... Working people. But looking at it, they're, they're, they're going to judge a bunch of other stuff that are sort of beyond our control or whatever. It does matter, essentially. I think that, you know, if you're walking down the strip as a tourist and there's all these lights, that's a big one. That's not like a small, like that's, it's noticeably if it's not lit up, I think. And if you see it and it's not lit up, Ooh. I think it does bring down the value or like the the perception of how Vegas looks, which I would not normally say because I'm sort of like proudly anti-HOA for like my residential. Like, Ooh, April, you are giving <laughs> HOA vibes, girl. Like, I don't like it. I don't like look, it. Look, I am, you know, anti-tow truck companies, predatory stuff, and I'm anti-HOA in general, but this is not a residential neighborhood. This is the, you know, crowning jewel and the reason people come to Vegas. So I get it. My opinion on that may not be <laughs> aligned with some people, but I, I get the, I get, I get why they put that provision in the first place. And I kind of get it that yeah. you want, you want Vegas to look good. We market ourselves because of how we look and what the city looks like. And it's bling, you know, be blingy or go home. You know, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm a little ambivalent just because I mean, Fremont street experience ever since the canopy went up and I know people are very, um, it's a very polarizing change to the old Fremont Street to have the canopy with the giant screen. But it is pretty lit no matter what you do with any of those signs. I mean, it's not like Vegas Vic disappears from your line of sight if it's not fully illuminated at all times. Mm-hmm. But also we have an absentee owner here. And I can't just get over that. Vegas Vic has not been treated well mm-hmm. over the last 70 years on a lot of accounts. That could have been a really, really cool part. But it doesn't really belong long to anything anymore. It used to be part of a thing called the Pioneer uh, Casino, which is no longer there. Um, It is iconic. I I think it would be rough if it went away. He used to have a a companion uh, called Vegas Vicky, sometimes misidentified as Sassy Sally because of a nearby casino. But uh, Vegas Vicky was wed. I don't know if it was a shotgun wedding. I don't know. It was a Vegas drive-thru wedding, obviously. In 1994, but then they stole her away, and now she exists inside the Circa Hotel. (laughs) I think it might be time for someone to get back into negotiations. Maybe the Neon Museum get back involved. Yeah. 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 You know, there was a try. They tried to do that before, and they failed because the business owner wanted to hang on to it. But this business owner, like so many absentee owners in Las Vegas, doesn't seem to really care about what's good for us. One of my questions was like, who do you think gets more upset at seeing a dark Vegas neon sign? But I think it's more than that. I think it's really about our neon signs are part of our history as a city. And so like we literally have a museum down the street <laughs> that is an ode to those those signs. And so they're part of people's memories uh, as, as children or as adults of what our, our city looks like. And so Essentially, this person is low-key holding Vegas Vic hostage. But I think in the case of this historic sign, give it back if you're not going to take good care of it. Yeah. I mean, it has been restored Mm -hmm. numerous times over the decades. Obviously, it has to. But, yeah, I mean, they have to pay for all that. And maybe they're just gave up. 
Right. Maybe the city should, I don't know if they could eminently domain a, a, a old <laughs> sign, but maybe it's time to do that too. Who knows? Oh, Vegas Vic. They could donate it. The owner could donate it to the Neon Museum because it's a nonprofit, and then they could still get the tax write-off. And still have it where it is. And then give up that piece of our history. Or they could just put Vegas Vic in memory care. The old man. <laughs> Adelson. He, it's uh, retirement time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's shift gears, y'all, and let's talk about the new chauffeur service that will take you from Vegas to L.A. I would argue it's the opposite. I feel like people are coming from L.A. to Vegas, but what do I know? In a very, you know, bougie vehicle for, you know, the low, low price of like $900. <laughs> They say, you know, it's an alternative to shorter flights and you don't have to drive yourself. They can book their travel plans. They offer door to door service. They'll let you put I think it's two bags is like the the first level that you can put in as far as how many bags you can have in the vehicle. But the comparison of the price between using this service, just taking the round trip flight and like an Uber or a Lyft or something, you're looking at around two hundred and fifty dollars versus this nine hundred to a thousand plus. I do not understand. You don't save time. Like, you'd have to save me time for this to make sense. Because assuming that this, you know, Brightline West high-speed railway gets built, ha! who knows? But do you think that this is going to survive as a travel option between Vegas and L.A.? What do y'all think? Assuming that the Brightline West high-speed railway gets built, I mean, we've been talking about high-speed railway getting built since Vegas Vic was still a school kid. So, uh... I can't imagine this hasn't been tried before to, you know, junket people that way. But if you're going to spend that money, why, why would you not use a plane? You get a bus. Right. I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's just, you know, if people feel like they can make money off of uh, people's extra cash, they're going to. So will it survive? I guess it depends on marketing and enough suckers in the world. What do you think, April? Strange concept to me because I don't mind driving that drive. Like, I would hmm. rather just drive myself than be stuck in a, like, have a chauffeur and driving. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't understand it's a weird marketing concept for sure. And I mean, I guess if you look at it financially, because I think you could have three people in the car, mm -hmm. right? So like if you were going to have three people in the car rather than spend $200 each, you know, you could spend 900 collectively to go there. That it brings the like gap and cost a little bit further. So I could see people doing it as like a... I don't know, just like a luxury thing. Like if you really hate flying on airplanes and, you know, you can't afford first class and you still don't like first class anyway because you still have to like sit in an airport and get germs. Like I could see it having a really limited yeah. <laughs> appeal or whatever. But like I, I, it's it's strange to me. But I'm like, just drive yourself. Like it's it's pretty easy drive. You just, it's one road, basically. <laughs> just, it, it's not it's not hard. I guess if you hate like if you hate flying or, you know, if if your body and the size of those seats are, do not match. Right. Then that would make sense for why you wouldn't want to get on a plane. I can definitely understand that. Uh, you don't want to put the wear and tear on your own vehicle. Sure. I hate the drive back to California. It's I uh, haven't done it in years because I hate it so much. Um it's boring. <laughs> That's it's true. so boring. <laughs> there's 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 nothing that makes it less boring except for friends. So I guess if you were taking like a, a friend's trip, 
and like six of y'all, if y'all did the big van situation. And so, you know, five or six friends in the car, you're all singing and you're not in charge of the driving. You know, you'll get there safely. I could see it kind of sort of making sense. Party bus light, you know? (laughs) Yeah, I would need some amenities. Like, I feel like I would need a massage. I would need... (laughs) um, Taxes, tolls, and tips is not enough? That's not enough of an amenity? No, I think I would want like a facial because that makes sense for the amount of time that we'd be in there. So I think I would want a massage and a facial and maybe like a tarot reading. Like, let's just do all the things that we can do while sitting still in this four-hour drive back out to California. David, what would you need to justify this trip and the cost of it? Uh, A celebrity who's down on their luck or like Jason Statham would be great uh, to reprise his role from the transporter (laughs) with me as the cargo. Yes. Uh, Sandra Bullock and Keanu Reeves together. Yes. <laughs> I'm on board. Okay, sign me up. Charge me double. <laughs> this chauffeur cannot drop below 85 miles per hour to L.A. I'm in. I'm in. That's, that's $995 well spent. Right, but see, if it was Jason Statham for the transporter, though, we'd be in the trunk. And so, like, it wouldn't be a comfortable kind of ride. So we, I don't know about that, but... But we'd get there safely. Some of those cars probably have really nice trunks, though. You know what I mean? (laughs) Put me in the boot. That was British. (laughs) April, what would it take for what would justify this trip in this expensive vehicle to California? If somebody would pay for it for me. There you go. Like if somebody (laughs) would. There you go. That's like the only reason I could think of. Or like peer pressure. If I had friends, like you said, like a girl trip or something, and we were all going and they were really into it for whatever reason. Like, if I'm driving for four hours in the desert, like, I want to scream Taylor Swift at the top of my lungs, and I'm not going to be able to do that if there's a chauffeur. Like, I'm too self-conscious. Yes, you can. No, I, uh, that's embarrassing. You know what I mean? They're going to have oh. some hidden camera, and I'm going to end up on the internet. So, but if I'm by myself in my minivan, okay. that's freedom for me, but. <laughs> David and April, thank you so much for weighing in on, on the Friday News Roundup. I appreciate both of y'all. Thank you for these laughs. So long, partners. Thanks, folks. Yeah. That's all for today here on CityCast Las Vegas. Our lead producer is Sonia Cho Swanson. Our producer is Layla Muhammad, with help from A.K. Al Moomin. Our newsletter editor is Scott Dickensheets, and our hosts are David Figler and myself, Vogue Robinson. Music is by OG Moose and All the Kimonos. We record this show on the traditional homelands of the new movie, The Southern Paiute People. If you enjoyed the show, go ahead and tell a friend. Rate the show, leave us a review, and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back Monday morning with more news from around the city. Take care. There Recording. we go. Waves. 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 Amber waves. Of Red green. waves.